Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about new movies that, you know, they're just so new and, and hot and fresh out. Oh, ooh, so spicy. You know, they're just spicy. And uh, today we're talking about a, uh, a little movie uh, with a big heart, <laughs> as they like to say. Uh, I'm Mike Burge, and today I'm joined by Diana Demuro. Hello. And we are going to be talking about Kelly Reichardt's uh, latest flick, uh, Showing Up, which uh, premiered at Cannes last year, uh, was nominated for the Palme d'Or, uh, did not win, um, and uh, was just released uh, a couple months ago, uh, I think in April, and uh, has been kind of, you know, uh, making some waves on like possible nominations and award seasons buzz and stuff like that. We're still a little too early out for all of that nonsense, but I feel like we'll talk about some of the stuff that kind of worked in it. Um, but before we break into all of that, uh, as you may or may not know, Hot Takes is not the only uh, podcast show on Story Screen Presents. StoryScreenPresents.com is host to a slew of podcast shows and a reviews. Slew. A slew. A whole bunch of them over there. Uh, and you can check that out. We've got like Overdrinkers, Cathode Raycast, Freaking Out with Flanagan. And we also have a Patreon uh, where you can sign up for like five bucks a month and get access to our exclusive content feed over there where we're doing a bunch of really fun stuff. Uh, Bernadette Gorman-White and myself just uh, wrapped up our Robert Pattinson filmography, the Pattinson stuff. And now we're going to be returning to our previous uh, entry where we were covering the filmography of Tony Collette. It's been about two years now, so we've got a little bit of Colette stuff to get back on. So nice. that'll be posting pretty soon. I'm excited. There's a lot of shows uh, that she was in. She was in like a, a pieces of her, I She's think. A lot of Netflix yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of Netflix stuff. Maf- Mafia Mama. Very excited about that. <laughs> um and yeah, that's what we got going on over there as well. Uh, me and uh, Robbie Anderson are journeying through the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies right now as well on Turtle Power with Mike and Robbie. Heroes in a half shell. Yeah, man. Nice. Uh, so you can get all that uh, by signing up for our Patreon, which is also Story Screen Presents. And uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, showing up. Um, good movie. Starring Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams of Dawson's Creek fame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's uh, <laughs> an amazing actress. Um Got a lot of buzz for the Fablemans last year uh, as her portrayal of um, a semi-fictionalized Steven Spielberg mama. Mrs. Spielberg. Yeah. Spielberg mama. Mafia mama. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like she's in this movie. She's got like the haircut from the bad guy from Shrek. It's a wig. It's a wig. Um, I mean, it's a wig, in it, not in the movie. I don't think she's wearing a wig in the movie, but for the movie, Michelle Williams, the actor, is wearing a wig. I think so. Uh, Michelle Williams has uh, worked with uh, Kelly Reichardt quite a bit. Um, have you seen uh, a bunch of Kelly Reichardt's other movies? I no, know you've seen First Cow. So I've been trying to work my way through because I haven't seen a ton of her stuff. I still have not seen Wendy and Lucy. Mm, great movie. Um, I was mm. adding a bunch to the watch list recently. Yeah, Old Joy. Certain Women I have not seen. I have not seen Certain Women either. That has been one that's like evaded me for like what feels like almost 10 years now. Have you seen Meek's Cutoff? I have. Okay, so you've seen me. I don't. Have you seen Night Moves? Yep, that's the Jesse Eisenberg, Eisenberg one. Yeah. yeah. I want to say I saw Night Moves, but I did not see Meek's Cut Off or Certain Women. Um, I loved First Cow. 
And uh, I think I was putting off seeing Wendy and Lucy because I was told it was very sad by many people. <laughs> so It is a very, very sad movie. And given the fact that you know that it is about a girl and her dog, you can imagine yeah. um, what would happen. That's a gut punch for me. So uh, yeah. I've been putting it off. But I do want to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, kind of roughly uh, showing up, it takes place in uh, Portland, Oregon, and it's kind of like on the like the kind of small town local artists scene, um, you know, just uh, as someone who, you know, was living in Beacon around the time that the big like kind of artist gallery boom over there was starting, like I could kind of relate to a lot of this kind of yeah, stuff. It, give me New Paltz vibes. Yep, you got that. Yeah, because, because of the, you're, the, you're, the you're small artsy student, town. You yeah. know, it was a little hippy dippy. Mm-hmm. It was a little like alternative education art school, but not in a, uh, a city like New York. Mm-hmm. You know, Portland was it made it was more rural a little bit. So yeah, 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 and it follows uh, Michelle Williams' uh, character Lizzie who is uh, living with a, you know, she's renting a house from a uh, fellow artist named Joe, who's played by Hong Chow. Who's uh, great. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's, she's good. She's just not she missing get, at she, all. She gets on your nerves, and that's the point. Yeah, yeah. She's got that attitude. And, like, she can just turn that thing on and yeah. off, but she's also kind of charming. That's that movie star quality. Yeah. Like, that's that good Hong stuff. Hong Chow, good stuff. And uh, Lizzie is attempting to get ready for a show that she's got coming up right around the same time that Joe is finalizing two shows that she has kind of that are on a larger scale than hers, but still very local and semi-small, but quote unquote more like kind of legitimate galleries and stuff like that. Um, One of them at the school that they both work at, it seems like. Yes. So. And uh, Lizzie... uh, starts getting a little preoccupied with uh, being able to finish up her show because uh, she's got a little bit of like, seems like a little artistic block at some points. And she's like finding reasons to not work on the project, even though like she exclaims that like it's, uh, yeah she doesn't like it and that it's like, oh, it's such a hassle, but she just keeps seeming to find I think that that's reasons to not work. Very realistic. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like the procrastination and being annoyed by the thing that causes the procrastination, but then using it as an excuse yeah. mm-hmm. to not finish what you're working on. Yeah, it's, it's out of my control. It's yeah. uh, it's hard to be self-motivated. And when you're doing stuff like sculpting, you have to be self-motivated yeah. <laughs> or it won't happen. <laughs> so once you're out of the school setting, doing art on your own is like... You got to be motivated or it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you are working another job. You know, so it's like, okay. Yeah. All right. And one of the distractors is a uh, uh, a pigeon that uh, Lizzie's cat attacks uh, oh, after it flies in. Are we? This is right at the beginning. I guess so. I feel like that's in the trailer, too. Like, we're not going to get is too it? specific. Yeah, with the pigeon. Okay. With the, the, yeah, the pigeon, broken wing, and Joe finds uh, the pigeon outside, and unbeknownst to Joe, Lizzie just doesn't say, like, oh, my cat attacked it kind of thing, and then Joe in like a act of kindness is like mends the bird, but then seems to keep like kind of passing it off to Lizzie to watch after while she's busy doing all of her own stuff. I feel like it starts out like that. Yeah. But then then it's sort of like Lizzie starts acting like she knows better or that she's suspect that Joe's not taking as good of care of the pigeon. So she kind of keeps like being like, I'll take it back or 
Yeah. I'll keep it for the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. that's the that's the general <laughs> flux of the movie. There's also um, Lizzie's father, mother, and brother are involved. We'll talk more about that when we get into spoiler territory, which I feel like we're going to do pretty quickly on yeah. this, just because there's not a whole lot to talk about the movie like within that first kind of like 15, 20 minutes that would be considered non-spoilery. Like, yeah. and you know, not this is a very small movie. It's just, about people being people and artists and friends. It's sort of like the everyday annoyances and family issues that interrupt, you know, just normal life. But mm-hmm. on top of that, her trying to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. all, and she's, uh, you know, she works at a, uh, like a local kind of like, almost like artist commune, college school like kind a, of thing. Yeah. Small art school. Yeah. Cause you've yeah. got like a lot of teenagers running around and like yeah, I think reading those kids books. could have been in college. Some yeah. of those. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's supposed to be like a small art school that it seems like her mom either runs or is Dean or something, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. They're working in the office together and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much more or less the the crux of, like, what's going on in the movie. Did you like it? I liked it, but I didn't like it initially. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was sort of dragging for a while and meandering. But I also kind of feel like that's her style. Yeah. Um, But it really started to escalate and pick up. It was kind of like you get swept up in the small stuff and then realize that that is what's becoming big stuff by the end of the right. movie. It's, Things it, that it's kind of start off as like, you know, kind of meandering and yeah. maybe just kind of like that kind of realism that Reichardt likes to like kind of live in and kind of like soak you up. That's why First Cow is like such an experiential movie because you really do feel like, yeah, you feel like how difficult it would have been to live in that time while also like the kindness of that movie, I feel, is like what we yeah. always kept. Like, it's such a sweet movie. I think that's why I liked that one so much. Because of how, like, sweet the friendships in that movie yeah. were. And, like, oh, it was just so I mean, this lovely. one's got a little bit of, like, there is, like, some parallels, too, where it's, like, you know, at First Cow, you know, is kind of, like, at, you know, certain points, like, about this friendship. You know, like, this movie is also kind of about, like, the... The flip side of that, like the strained, uh, I mean, the strained, like the camaraderie between artists, but also the competition, the jealousy, yeah. like that kind of yeah. thing. And but yeah. like, it's never really presented. Again, we'll wait for spoilers to get specific, but it's never really presented as something like malicious or maybe even intentional. Yeah, no one outright says. Certain yeah, things. and it's like it's they, very people aren't aggressive. like people aren't like you know tricking each other and lying to each other to try and get like a a step ahead and stuff like that. It's just kind of more like who's showing up more, like who's actually pushing it forward. So of the Kelly Reinhardt movies that you have seen besides first cow, like what, what about her as a director, you know, sticks out to you like that you like or were impressed by. Uh, She's got an insane sensitivity. Uh, Can we talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, like, Old Joy, for anybody that has seen Old Joy would know, like, that is, like, such a very sweet... about that movie. ...about friends. Yeah. And going camping and, uh, like, things that happen to you when you're friends as you're getting older and strained relationships and stuff like that. That's a good movie. I forgot that was her. That's her? Yeah. I mean, and that's the same thing with Wendy and Lucy. Like, it it does have a very, you know... uh, it does leave a traumatic like aftertaste in your mouth, but the movie is like um, 
Sweet's not the word. It, it is sweet to a degree that that right heart like puts into a lot of her Just movies. Like thoughtful. Very thoughtful, uh, peaceful at times, realistic, and like that's why it like affects you so much. Like yeah. that's why, you know, the ending of First Cow, not spoiling First Cow, a movie that's been out for a very long time, uh, but you know, like that's why that ending is so affecting. Sure. Because like you it actually you it. learn about these characters and this world, and it just kind of with first cow, like it doesn't seem fair that these two gentle souls would have to be alive during this time where yeah. gentleness and kindness are not exactly the thing that's gonna keep you alive or true. keep you yeah. successful. Um That's very true. Yeah, and there's also that same parallel too where First Cow is kind of just like about this kind of entrepreneur, like small business kind of thing of like kind of creating a name for yourself and being in control of your destiny, both like financially and like what you love to do and doing it with the people that you want to do it with. This movie has a lot of that too, where it's just kind of like these artists that some of them seem a little bit more wanderlust than others. And some of that is like, yeah. in Lizzie's case, like self-imposed. Like she seems like she's kind of isolating herself yeah. off from the world. Um, yeah, well, let's... Uh, Take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll start talking spoilies. That way we can kind of talk about all the specifics and stuff so that we're not Sounds ruining good. anything. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I would highly recommend, I recommend. Uh, showing up. It's uh, a nice, clean, like under two hours, uh, nice little well shot, well made movie. Like that's the other thing about Riker. Yeah. It's just she knows who to work with and what to do. The music is fantastic. I also like just like the... The graininess, like the softness mm -hmm. of the way her films look. Um, and I feel like the if you did see Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, that performance was so kind of expressive and over the top yeah. that this is very understated and it's, it's a cool flip to see her. Yeah. I mean, because she can go high. We all know that she can go high. My heart was broken. Like, we know yeah. that she can, like, hit those peaks and oh, stuff. I was but... waiting for you to do that. Yeah, I was holding <laughs> on to it for just a sec. Um, but no, this is, like, a much more kind of, like, controlled, it's more subtle. quieter, yeah. subtle is a great word yeah. for it kind of thing. I think that's why, you know, she has gotten specifically, like, uh, some pretty good, like, buzz. awards, yeah. buzz and stuff like that. We'll see. It's not as... Um, like you were saying, like it's not as big of a performance. Yeah. That usually needs to have that certain like that certain like factor that would make it a, a globes or major awards like kind of like contender. Okay. But they also are into that stuff like that. It kind of depends on SAG and if that even happens like sure. right now. Like that. This is the type of performance getting nominated for like <laughs> a, a, like a SAG would like really kind of jettison. A more like uh, like Academy Oscars uh, trajectory, but we don't again, we don't know if that's going to happen. So yeah, maybe it will. I think that it would. I think that she would be a contender on the earlier noms, um, and I'm not exactly too sure. Like what? Again, we we're just about to enter like the big boom of award season, so we're not exactly sure what movies are coming out, who is going to be like contending in yeah. certain categories. So we'll it's see. kind of a weird one. It's, it's a, a it's a weird time. year. Yeah. So let's uh, take that break. Yeah, we'll take that break. We'll be right back and we'll talk spoilies and let you know who dies. <laughs> And we're back. 
No one dies. Spoilies. It's a, Nobody it's a dies. happy movie in that regard. Not even the pigeon. Not even the pigeon. The pigeon. That we know of. I really didn't think that pigeon was going to make it. <laughs> you thought the cat was going to get it? I thought something was just going to happen. Yeah. Like, I was like, something just random is going to happen. Yeah. Hong Chao starts paying attention to it yeah, or, or something. Like one of her sculptures falls on it or something. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the very end, Those too. Those things look heavy. At the very end, like the... Uh, it flying around the It flying gallery. around. I was like, no, no, is it going to knock one over or something like that? But yeah. no, it's, uh, again, like nothing nothing too devastating in the movie. I would say probably the most devastating stuff is Lizzie's relationship with uh, her family and like how that kind of, yeah, uh, you know, escalates. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about the brother or the father first. Or... That escalates and then all of a sudden that sort of overshadows the stress that she's having with her it it sounds like her and the other artist that Hong Chao plays maybe went to college together because mm-hmm. um, they make a couple comments like, oh, I made that freshman year and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they started out as friends. And, and I've known this to happen with a couple of friends, not with me, but who have talked about it with each other, like that are both trying to do art and professionally. And if somebody starts to be more successful it's even though you might be happy for them it's always sort of a point of contention there's that slight resentment where it's just yeah. like yeah or the fact that she said like well joe bought a building and her dad and her brother helped her fix it up and now i'm renting from her and so it's this yeah. like weird power point of contention that lizzie doesn't have hot water the whole mm-hmm. week or two weeks leading up to her show which in the grand scheme of things is fucking stressful. Yes, it is <laughs> very like, stressful to not have a shower. Especially with the fact that she is like working with clay and glaze and messy things that she has no hot water mm-hmm. and she seems kind of stressed out and in a funk. So, um, and she's constantly like trying to sneak into places to use their shower and because she doesn't want to go over to Joe's and use her shower. Right, she doesn't want to like... Admit defeat. It, yeah, that, in that kind of way where it's like, it's not admitting defeat. Like, she's offering yeah. it and stuff like that. But to her, like, that's that kind of, like, again, that self-imposed, right. like, uh, hang-up where it's like, this is a problem that you have that's annoying you. But, like, but, there is an easy out right there right. that has been offered to but you. But she wants Joe as her landlord to just fix it. To fix it. Which and she should be. She should be. But and they're friends. Joe's character has an amazing introduction with that where yeah. she's seen putting up a tire swing for no reason at yeah. all. And instead she looks of, like she's having pure joy. Yeah. 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 Like she's like got it figured out and Joe's like is excited about like her shows. always procrastinating but in a fun way. But then to somebody like Lizzie who's like, why haven't you fixed my hot water heater yet? That's just annoying the crap out of her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you get that kind of slight resentment on Lizzie's part where it's like, how is it that, you know, Joe can like, you know, um, party and, you know, sleep in right. and like, uh, she doesn't like really have derelict her duties and stuff like that left and right as far as she's concerned. And like, uh, have gentlemen call those at night. Like, how can she do all of this stuff and then also still have her show produce open. two shows? Well, she doesn't have a job because she is renting that building out. So that is sort of a source of income for her, which is a point of contention for Lizzie. You know, mm-hmm. even if Lizzie's getting like a good deal on her rent, Lizzie still has to work at least part time. Mm-hmm. And is kind of part time, and is annoyed by that. Part time, part time, and is annoyed by that because it takes away time for her to do her own artwork. Yeah. 
So, and she's having trouble finishing up her stuff just for her show, which seems much smaller. Yes. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, and similarly, too, she's kind of like dealing with uh, her dad, played by Judd Hirsch. He's um, always a gem. He's fantastic in it. Just very, again, like that perfect kind of Kelly Reichardt character, very sweet. He's Very not gentle. too over the top. He's not too over the top. He's a little distracted. Seems like, you know, she's also that jealousy is kind of being put over to, seems uh, uh, her dad has these like two kind of like hippies that are just like these travel, this older traveling couple that's just like kind of. He's sort of like couch doing, surfing and I was going to say, yeah. he's doing the equivalent of couch surfers, but it's like he's got this couple that must have stayed with him before that. Yeah are stopping at his place on their way from Canada to Mexico a couple of times. And, mm-hmm. and Lizzie's like, they're taking advantage of you. Whereas like, it seems like mom and dad got divorced and now dad is having more fun in retirement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, the couple are played by uh, Matt Malloy and the always amazing Amanda Plummer. Oh yeah. Showing up Pulp Fiction style. Oh yeah. L- always looking a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, in her more subdued roles, still crazy. Yeah, you just see you just see her, and she's got like her little fingerless gloves, and sometimes she's wearing a hat. Yeah, she's wearing a hat in this movie, and I always yes. like when Amanda Plummer wears hats. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, and that's that's that general contention. There is like they're not really doing anything wrong. There's just these little kind of uh, micro moments, not even aggressions, where it's just like we're gonna put on a pot of coffee. We're out of milk. Oh, that's because you're waking up in the middle of the night and having those bowls of cereal. Like kind of like things where it's like it feels like they could be maybe taking advantage of the situation. But also the dad seems absolutely fine with it. He's it kind of excited like that they're there. He likes having the company exactly. and the attention. Yeah. Because it kind of seems like um, he also, I don't know, is a potter? Ceramicist? Yeah, I think How, the idea was he that? used to be a sculptor well, and then got into like, pottery yeah, and now like, is retired. Has like nice functional pottery studio yeah. like more traditional vases cups things yeah. like that I versus mean, like I think that's the best part of the movie yeah. is at the end him walking around the table oh, in yeah. her gallery and just like looking at He's everything admiring her stuff. and you see the kind of like what it's all been worth to you know for Lizzie, Lizzie. yeah like yeah. what it's all been worth like just to have something be validated seen yeah like not even like admired or like championed just like have it be seen and like taken in yeah, you it's know. like the closest she gets to a smile in the movie. Sure, yeah. I mean, and like, <laughs> it's the same thing where it's like, you know, uh, Joe's character, like when she sees like one of the early ceramics and stuff, she's like, that looks great. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very te- very small, but like sometimes those things are like coming from another artist. It's like, well, what do you want them to do? Like gush yeah. kind of thing? Like this is a person you see every day. Like even I think it Andre 3000. I know. Going by Andre Benjamin Andre in the Benjamin film, these days. Uh, he's great. Yeah, He's he, also playing the flute on the he's soundtrack. He's playing the flute. He's got some good little flute uh, beats that he's dropping down. He's like also the sculptor ceramics because he's he's runs the kiln yeah he's running the kiln he's taking care of all her stuff and he's admiring her stuff as they take it out right yeah he's just like this is great look at this it's fantastic the girls the girls and then there is one moment where it's like you know the last one that she puts in which in like theory was like her favorite one she kind of she was working on the most it was one she was working on the most and she kind of like retroactively labels it like the most important one after it is unfortunately damaged because yeah. uh it, it gets, looks like the kiln was just like it gets it was, a little fried on one fried. side and he's just like i kind of like it doesn't it 
it's kind of groovy, right? Yeah. Isn't that nice? And she's like, I don't know if I like it. Because right. it's not intended. It's not yeah. what she meant to happen. She's very, um, like her character throughout the movie is not someone who is easygoing or rolls with things. Whereas like Kong Chow's Joe is a lot more like having a party. Blah, blah, blah. We're right. doing this. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. And no worries in the world. Yeah. And- so it's like those two, the yin and yang, like Lizzie's so tightly wound, but it's also from a place of like, she wants to things to work out and she wants to take care of things, but it's like, excuse me, my stomach's growling. Mm-hmm. But, um, like the whole fact that the movie's called showing up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like she's trying, even if sometimes it doesn't come across that way. Right. <laughs> and that kind of goes with her family too, where her mom is sort of like, her mom's sort of a weird character. Uh, I think she, I think her mom is a little uh, dismissive yeah. of, of her, of thing. Yeah. Of like, of her. Yeah. Just in general, but like mainly too of like her, her worries and like her kind of like her specificity on certain things, like trying to be like, well, we need to do this and that in time. And she's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that important. But you know, yeah. I'm busy here. Like, come on. Right. And then, you know, they, so they, she has a brother who, mm. you know, is the, uh, the, the frequent flyer of the Kelly Reinhardt films. He is the, the John Magaro. Yeah, he's... Magaro? 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 John Magaro. I'm, he's a cutie patootie with a beard and long hair. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's in a lot of movies, man. Yeah, man. Um, he's great, but he's sort of maybe a little unstable, a little mentally Oh, maybe. Unstable. You think? Oh, maybe? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, he's like... He even gets called like the... He's kind of like the representation of like the... Uh, the tortured genius kind of yeah. thing. That seems to be well, mommy, the out mommy that mom thinks he's gives. a genius. Yeah, mommy thinks he's a genius. Sister Lizzie is like, I think he has problems. He's digging he, holes in the backyard. He clearly does have problems, but, you know, they're kind of letting it fly, but then worrying about him. Yeah, and we also have an amazing spaghetti scene in this movie. Story screen favorite. We love a See, good spaghetti scene. ragu. Yep, just nomming it down. <laughs> He's got this great little moment where he uh, tosses like a slice of just like white bread on it. And then when he sits down, he takes the crust off of the, the bread and just like eats the middle. I, I, I could tell you were paying attention to oh, that. Oh, I saw that, that and had, I was just like, you very know what? cool. That character had big Michael Burge energy. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's sort of like sister trying to take care of him. Him not really responding well to that. Mm-hmm. And then her trying to go to her mom and get some more validation. And her mom pretty much telling her, like, I'll take care of it. You go home and then not filling her in. Yeah. And kind of just making it. A lot of times Lizzie feels a little. It seems like she feels like an afterthought. Like that right. she herself perceives herself as an afterthought to other people. Right. And I feel like what they're kind of approaching, both Williams and Riker, what they're approaching with this character is that this kind of self-imposed isolation that she's kind of like hindered on herself. She's been doing it long enough now where a lot of people, especially her mother are kind of just like following along with that. Like it might it also to the self-imposed isolation thing might be a protective shield that she's put on yeah. from her relationship with her mother, having to work so closely with her at the school. Sure. Um, that where like, you know, she wants to like take care of her dad, but her dad just is just like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? Everything's okay. Even though he's a little aloof, 
and just older and just like, you know, being retired. Yeah. Uh, and then the same thing with her brother where her brother is just like kind of this uh, uncontrollable, unknowable um, object that could kind of do anything at any moment. He goes disappearing for a chunk of the movie towards the end and it becomes like this real kind of issue of like, well, what's going on with him? Where did he go? He can't be out there on his own, even yeah. though he lives on his own and all of these things. Even though he's an adult man. Yeah. I mean, when she's finally opening up her show, she's trying to like think of anything and everything that she could possibly focus on instead. Yeah. You know, she's like, there's too much cheese. And go, and she's like reorganizing things on the table. That's sort and- of like a classic warrior. Yeah. 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 But again, it's like she's deflecting. Like she's trying to like, instead of worrying about her, her actual, show and like what she's doing. Right. Or her brother, who which is an right. actual legitimate concern. <laughs> yeah. It's more about like how it's affecting her in a way. Like, again, not in a selfish, malicious way. I don't think it's intentional. It's just more like that's her defense mechanism. Yeah. And so then we also have the pigeon. Of course. We've got pigeon. her really cute orangey cat. Ricky. Ricky. Uh... He's super cute, and a pigeon flies in the window, and she wakes up in the middle of the night because her cat is trying to eat the pigeon, and the pigeon now has a broken wing. Mm-hmm. And when her neighbor finds it, they kind of have weird joint custody of the pigeon, and she starts to get more and more kind of soft to it. When yes. At first, she was like, go outside, die outside. Die outside, yeah. Die somewhere else. <laughs> die yeah. somewhere else. Um she now is sort of like when she first reaches her finger out to like pet the, the head of the pigeon, you're sort of like, oh, mm-hmm. it's got her now. Yeah. She, and the she, pigeons. She's a softie. Cool. The pigeon, the pigeon's <laughs> playing it real cool. Yeah. I think he knows like what he's got going on. There's a great scene where she takes the pigeon to the vet because she's like worried that he's breathing incorrectly. Again, like this is the same thing where she's like, yeah, you know, I think that she is earnestly attempting to help this pigeon, but she's also just like seeing it as an excuse to stop working, to stop working. Or at the very least, at the end of the day, if she doesn't get everything done exactly how she wants it, she has an excuse other than just her not showing up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of her deflective nature in that where it's like, if the show is a failure, She's got a in couple her, outs. In you know, her mind, she, she could, has in, excuses. In, yeah, yeah, she's like, oh, oh, fucking Andre Benjamin burnt this one. And, yeah. you know, my my, my brother showed up late and just started eating all the cheese. I haven't had hot water for two weeks. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All these different things. <laughs> um, And, you know, I guess what else is going on in it's it? Pretty, it's, her at the vet with the pigeon is oh, yeah. pretty cute, though. It's great, yeah. Yeah. Because the vet's just kind of like, mm, it's, it's, a it's a pigeon. Like, she's like, need, birds yeah. like it warm. You could get her a hot water bottle. Mm-hmm. And there's that great line. She's like, I don't have any hot water at my house. And the, the doctor, like, essentially just like. It's like, do you have a stove? She's like, do you have a stove? Like, what are you talking about here? Why are you coming up with this excuse right now? Yeah. Like, you can make hot water. And she kind of like sees through her demeanor of making excuses. Yes. Which and is interesting. That's what it is, where yeah. it's just like, this doctor doesn't know you and isn't going to kind of placate these artistic excuses that you're kind of used to in your life. Because everybody in her life is like an artist in some way or another. Which is really funny because... You know, to generalize, as somebody who, like, very briefly was going full-time to art school and when I was in college, Mm -hmm. was not an art major, but took enough art classes that I could almost major in art. It's just, like, 
it's a mixed bag. Like some people are really fucking annoying, like pretentious or space the fuck out, like Mm -hmm. not in touch with reality. And I'm not saying that's everybody, but it is very funny to try and see. I feel like anybody that's gone to art school would agree 100% what you're saying. I don't want to. Even if they didn't realize they were one of the spacey, pretentious people. I I, I don't want to alienate anybody by saying any of that, but it's just like, it's a very mixed bag of people that, that may or may not be part of their personality or it's just like becomes the vibe when you're in that sure. environment, which is really funny to see portrayed. But again, it's like, it's not really done maliciously. Like even like the most pretentious characters are just kind of given these slight quirks. But at the end of the day, like they all show up at her show. I was trying They're to supporting up, her. There was a, the actress that played the artist in residence at the art school who was like actually surprisingly supportive. Was it Marlene? I couldn't remember what the what the character's name was. Was um, it Margaret? I had it pulled up right here. It's Marlene Heather Lawless. Okay, she was very good. I mean, I was laughing during the movie. I was like, she was giving me sissy SpaceX vibes. Uh huh. But um, yeah. So it was kind of like this, where they are in a very small. Even though in reality the film is shot in you know probably Portland or outside Portland, Oregon, sure. it's got very small town vibes and yeah. like in the country and sort of like this is this cool art school and she's an artist in residence visiting to teach these mm-hmm. students for a short period of time. But the fact that she takes an interest in Lizzie and like acknowledges that she has some talent and mm-hmm. likes her work and is like, I'm going to bring my friend who's visiting from New York who happens to be a gallery owner. Yeah. You know, like she's essentially trying to hook her up and she can see that she is like you know to nail the metaphor on the head that the movie uses like she is a bird with a broken wing yeah that needs to she needs a little mend and needs a little taken care of that can fly away but i mean oftentimes that's what makes or breaks it when people are in the arts it's it is who you know who Mm -hmm. refers you to who who introduces you to who who shows up randomly at your show and then that person says something good. And it's also about your personality and how you work with people. And it's yeah. like Joe is is seen like being very schmoozy. talkative and happy and yeah. schmoozy. She's self-promoting, yeah. like all of that stuff. And Lizzie, by the nature of like the character, quote unquote, that she's designed for herself to kind of like... She's very The cut off. armor that she's put yeah. on herself to protect herself from any like failure or not even failure, just like disappointment from the outside world. Like... It's kind of distancing her from everybody else. It's really funny too, just like Michelle Williams does such a good job of just looking like such a She looks great in this. Just movie, like yeah. she looks so annoyed all the time, yeah. but it's very vague, like it's very subtle. It's mm-hmm. it's sort of like a little bit annoyed, a little exhausted. She's mm-hmm. always a little dark eyes. Yeah. Her wig parted in the middle like, is pretty awesome. Never completely angry or completely sad. Just like enough in there. Again, like the rest of the movie is very delicate. With It's like heavy sigh. Yeah. It's not like, again, like it's the same thing where it's like, it's not malicious jealousy. It's just kind of this... You know, slight jealousy. She's just a, like, oh, she's slightly yeah. annoyed like never for most full, of the time. Like, yeah, like, I shall get you and have my revenge. Like, it's never like no. that. Yeah. Even when she's, like, the most worried about the pigeon and stuff like that, it's just more like, or mad about the water heater. Like, she's yeah. just like, this isn't fair. Yeah, she... I, I pay she, rent. I should have hot she water. She has a couple of, like, blow-up moments, but the most, like... She's very passive-aggressive, so the majority of the movie is is that by default. But then she has a couple like of outbursts where she 
leaves some annoyed voicemails you know yeah. and that's like the extent of it i mean yeah that's like the big <laughs> scene of like her like finally like hitting her wits end and yeah. freaking out and it's her just leaving a couple abrupt voicemails that yeah. always end with like hope you're having a good night or yeah, see never, you tomorrow they're like they're not particularly nasty no they're just like hey one of your party guests took my parking spot that's not cool yeah <laughs> Okay. You gotta change the paper in the bird's box every few hours. It gets yeah. nasty in there real yeah. quick. Yeah. It's just okay. Okay. You kind of get that vibe too that the other people at the school that work with her, that know her, that interact with her have kind of, even Joe kind of treats her with kit gloves occasionally. Like yep. when she is giving her totally, a compliment. She totally gets yeah, like where gets this it. is all coming from and stuff like She's that. She's like, you are a quirky motherfucker. Yep. Okay. But then I like how sort of by the end of the movie, they're walking off chatting and yeah. you're like, they're still friends. They're still friends. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, the two shows got up and went and now it's like, okay, now things kind of go back, back to, to being yeah, on business equal as footing. usual. Yeah. yeah. The, the pigeon flew away. Pigeon flew away. The The brother picks the pigeon up. And I was afraid the brother was going to do something to the pigeon. I mean, I feel like, again, that's the... Intent. That, I think that that's the intent. Like it, that when that bird starts flying around, you're like, is it going to knock something over? Mm-hmm. Is somebody going to hurt the bird? Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? I thought and, maybe little kids that unwrapped it might accidentally hurt it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no. I mean, yeah, I think the idea of like the brother being this kind of dangerous entity there, like she yeah, really wants him cannon. there. But again, yeah, you yeah. don't know what he's going to do. Right before he shows up to, when other guests find out he's coming, they're like. He's not gonna like break anything, is he? I know. Like, yeah, they're like, I know. I which about like that. you're like, oh wait, so did he do something before? Yeah. Like, so what's clearly, going it's on? not just his family worried about him. Like people know. People know. Like he's got a <laughs> reputation. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the 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 neighborhood kid that like hangs out with him, Craig. Sometimes is like just clearly like, younger. Yeah. He's just like yeah. He sometimes like just walks wanders out. Off. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and they're like, what? What do you yeah. mean? He just wanders off. Yeah. Pretty great. You know, he seems like a little conspiracy theory, thinks his other neighbors are messing with his cable and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which is pretty funny. It's got that great line, too. She's like, I can get you the Twilight Zone box set. They're all right there. And he's like, it's not the same if I know what's going to be on. That made me think of you. I looked looked right at you when he said that. Thanks. Yeah, no, no. I appreciate it. He's a a cutie patootie. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, the more we talk about it, the more I think I like it. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies where... It is where, different from First Cow. Yeah, it does not, like, hit you over the head with, like, its majesty and its beauty and its artfulness, but I think that there is, like, a lot there. It's a vibe That's movie. very yeah. interesting, very well made. It's, again, one of my favorite types of movies are professional people that are really good at their jobs doing it very well all together. And, like, this is, like, a perfect movie for that. This cast is crazy good. Uh, Kelly Reichardt continues to be one of the most interesting directors working right now. She just needs to, like, it, it just kind of sucks that First Cow, you didn't know. Didn't get the acclaim it deserved, Because like, it just came out in such a weird spot. It was one of the first, like, kind of virtual releases and stuff. It didn't get, like, a full run that because of, like, COVID so and everything. Good. That really should have been the one that popped her, like, really on the charts in a way that most people would know her name. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. more people rather, I should say. Like, and it's it kind of just is a drag because I feel like First Cow is one of her most... Accessible, I think. It, it's because, yeah, because it's much like this one, it's very linear. You know, her other movies, I haven't yeah. seen certain women, but I have heard that like 
the structure of that movie is is a little all over the place, not in a negative way, but kind of just like how the it's narrative different characters unfolds. Different points of exactly. view. Exactly. Yeah. This one and First Cow is just very direct, straightforward. So the only issue is like you know, First Cow kind of has that certain something that's like, oh, this is a this could be a phenomenon in the right hands. And A24, I think, did it right. But yeah. again, they went for Minari, which made sense because they ended up winning some awards. Minari is so good. And Minari was a much more, uh, surprisingly, like approachable candidate because it was like, First Cow was a very kind and sweet movie, but has a little bit of an edge to it. Minari is very, it was the movie that we needed at that time. It was yeah. very sweet. Yeah. It was accessible to everybody. Oh, it had Stephen Yawn in it, so everybody knew him from The Walking Dead. So handsome. Had a cute kid oh, and a man. funky, groovy old lady. Oh, Grandma. Yeah. Yeah. But Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Yep. Oh, now I want to watch Minari. I'd watch Minari. But I really love First Cow, and I think those two actors, one of them being John McGarrow, or mm-hmm. however you say his last name, they had such good chemistry, their friendship. Yeah. Right off the bat, Oh, yeah. man, it was That's so the good. thing that makes that movie just yeah. sore. And I think, like, again, kind of in a parallel, too, I think that Hong Chow and Michelle Williams have an amazing chemistry in this movie. It's just for the most most of the movie, that chemistry is kind of being played against each other in this yeah. kind of passive-aggressive they way. They kind of antagonize each other the way that friends or roommates can. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like in a weird way, she's like another family member, but it's a little antagonistic, but still talks to each other, checks on each other. Yeah, and that's, I think, the, the ending scene of them like walking off together and still chatting is like, Ah, no, there it is. Like, this is why these people are in each other's lives this far into their lives. You know, like, I'm I'm not exactly sure, like, how it makes sense that Michelle Williams and Hong Chao would be going to college together. But it is possible Mm -hmm. just because their age difference is just like... Is it? I think so. Like, Michelle Williams has been around for a long time. Hong Chao just, like, hit the scene. Mm, Yeah, but she looks pretty young. Michelle? Yeah, she could oh, just I guess, be yeah. playing younger than very she true, is. Very true, very true, yeah. yeah. Um, Because they kind of, by putting her in that sort of, like, adult child role of, like, she works for her mom at the school, yeah. you know, it's sort of like a weird way of putting her down a peg, which I feel like contributes to her whole thing. Yeah, she has like, I am put upon. Yeah, you know. My heart is broken. Yeah, oof. <laughs> You know, her day got wasted. You know, she was supposed to do her work. Mm-hmm. But I had to go to the vet, $150. Uh, I bought some bird seed, $399. $399, yeah. <laughs> I can't get the day back. I can't get the day back. She doesn't do that. She that's does why not this, do that in this That's movie, why this huh? performance is really good. Yeah. 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 Well... All right, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Easy, fun little small movie. Highly recommend everybody check it out, especially like I I would imagine even if it doesn't get some like quote unquote major awards for like acting or directing or anything like that, uh, I feel like a screenplay uh, could pop in there. Um, The movie is... um, is well edited, but in a way that's not very flashy and subtle. It's very subtle. Usually they don't go for that. They usually go for something that's a little bit more... Uh, got an edge to it, but I would imagine that it's going to pop up somewhere. Like, there will be some kind of Kelly Reichardt film representation mm. this award season. Um, yeah. But, Diana, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Our cats are starting to get up on the table right now, so we're going to wrap this up before they step on something. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, yeah. You can find us 
pretty much anywhere and exactly where you are right now. That's where all of our episodes are. Be sure to check them out. Go to StoryScreenPresents.com for all the articles that we also have. Articles, reviews. Also, if you live in the Hudson Valley area, we do a lot of pop-up events and stuff. Uh, You can get tickets and information right over there under our events tab. And if you want to know more about that stuff and also Patreon-exclusive stuff and everything, sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of StoryScreenPresents.com. We bug you like once a week. Send you every, everything so that you know what's going on. Okay, Kitty's getting close to the laptop. We're gonna we're gonna do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.